Kaiju FM. Come find your niche. Welcome to The Prestige, a podcast about film, by film lovers, for film lovers. Each episode we focus on a single film from different perspectives and with an overall theme or set of ideas. And we end with our recommendations loosely based on actors, directors, writers, even crew members, all more thematic in tone. We're on our fourth season now and we're taking a chronological look at martial arts genre, a bit more of that in a minute. Firstly, each time we start by discussing what we're watching at the moment. So Rob, in the two weeks since we last recorded, what have you been watching? Well, the the big headline that I'm going to mention and that we talk about is The Return of Game of Thrones. Uh, which is a show that I love and the books that I love. And so season eight has rolled around the final season. And so that's sort of the big prestige thing I'm watching currently. But I want to actually talk about is a film that I saw last Thursday, last Friday, um, and had thus have seen eight to ten times since, um, which is Mary Poppins Returns. Um, Sam's laughing because he has a, uh, a young child too and knows that children get into loops, get stuck into these loops. We took my daughter for her very first cinema experience, really, as a um, as a as a toddler to cinema last week, and we saw a movies for kids screening where it's cheaper and for kids, and it's all everyone everyone bringing their own kids, it's a lot less pressure on it to be quiet that stuff. And we saw Mabel's Returns. We only made the first hour and a half before she got to royally wanted to have a nap, but we saw it, and that in my daughter has birthed this obsession with Mary Poppins Returns. We have watched it on loop ever since, and it's genuinely a brilliant, brilliant movie. I kind of wish they hadn't done a sequel to Mary Poppins. I think, I think it stands alone as a classic in cinema. But the fact they have done a sequel, this is the best sequel they're going to get. Emily Blunt is brilliant. She's a very different Mary Poppins to Julie Andrews, but she's equally austere, and she brings a steeliness to her, which wasn't there previously, that I really enjoy. Lin-Mel Miranda is playing Jack, the sort of the Burt avatar in this movie. I really enjoyed him. I enjoy him in a lot of things. And it's just, it's just lovely. It doesn't have the standout songs I think the original does. I think it's starting from a sort of a mid movie diversion into a music hall in which Mary Poppins does like a, a faux Cockney song uh, called The Cover Is Not The Book, which I really enjoy. I don't think the songs are as memorable, but it's, it's just a lovely, lovely movie um, about people being kind. And yeah, I, I, yes, I'm getting to the point now where I'm a bit burnt out on it, thanks to my daughter. But of all the movies she can get hooked onto, this is a good one. Good. Yes, I'm glad you like it, because I, I love this film. And it was, in in the three films I saw last year, it was well up there, as said, at the end of last year. Um, well, my, I'm, I'm, I've gone back to... Back to form, I'm not watching any horror films anymore. Well, I am, I just don't have time. Um, so I want to talk about a TV series which my wife and I are watching and we are hideously late to the party on this. But then, I mean, 
was new in Hades to late on many cultural events the past 18 months. Um, this is the 2018 TV series Killing Eve. And there is, I mean, it's it's brilliantly acted and written and directed and um, it's it's sort of and the best way to describe it is it's very violent but it doesn't show any of the violence it's really really well written you know how like some going back to horror films actually they don't have to be particularly gory for you to get what's going on um, and this is exactly what you have with Killing Eve. It's very, I mean, it's about a serial killer. It's brutal, but you don't really see any of the violence. Um, so it's yeah, we we've been particularly enjoying that. And um, there has been some backlash recently about the writer as a young white woman and arguments for her sort of diversity. And then you think, well, why does it matter? I mean, she's cast. Sandra, one of the lead roles in this, and it's it's really her race should be nothing to do with it. Right? So I I have, don't have much time for that. Um, although, yeah, representation in film, TV, it's a it's a big thing and needs addressing. But I'm not sure the people are going about it the right way. And this is I don't think this is the hill sign because this is brilliant. It's brilliantly written and brilliantly active and I would recommend it to everyone. Killing Eve. Brilliant. It's on it's in my my, my list of things I should be watching on TV. <laughs> Um, you know, add to that you've got uh, Fleabag, everyone raised better, never seen it. Um, oh, yeah, it's it, that's that's one, everyone raised better, I haven't seen that's written by the same person. Right, right. So yeah, it, it's it's just it, you know you know me. I'll always pick a film if I'm picking a um a TV show. So talking of uh, picking films, we are moving ahead with our series of looking at martial arts movies through the years, and we've reached my favourite decade of all decades, the nineties, and we are picking up with the nineteen ninety four release, Drunken Master Two, or The Legend of Drunken Master. takes perfect timing, expert training, and years of practice to become a master. But for this master, it only takes one drink to become invincible. Ah, drunken boxing. I'm going to be calling this movie The Legend of Drunken Master, just for simplicity, um, through this review. But it is a Hong Kong action comedy, kung fu movie starring Jackie Chan, one of the other after sort of Bruce Lee, the really big, famous name of Hong Kong action. It tells the tale of a the son of a local doctor who gets caught up in an international smuggling ring, I suppose, and brings his own style of what he calls, was known as drunken boxing, but allows Jackie Chan to bring his more madcap style of uh, of kung fu to the screen. And the way that Bruce Lee was controlled was precise. Jackie Chan is very much not, but still bringing lots of action, still bringing lots of fights. 
It's a very different film to ones we've else watched on this show. It's probably the first time we've really stepped into the world of comedy when it comes to um, Hong Kong action. Sam, how did you find I really like this film. Um, I'm... I mean, we've, we've had discussions about how on board I am with some of the... I mean, we, I suppose, Enter the Dragon was, was something I wasn't sure about. I'm not a huge fan of Bruce Lee necessarily. And yet this was... This felt like something different. I, I, I feel for... I mean, the, the reason that you talked about the fact that this is... Very definitely a comedy film as opposed to a serious martial arts film. It, I feel like you're either a Bruce Lee fan or a Jackie Chan fan, and I'm a Jackie Chan. I don't know this. You may prove this wrong now, but I just feel like you can you can appreciate them both. Yes, but you, you're always going to side with one or another, and I'm siding with Jackie Chan here because I I love this performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I think. I don't think you're wrong. I think that Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan, as it says in the there, bring very different energies to their movies. And I think, I think I'm a bit like you. Like Bruce Lee is Bruce Lee. He is the untouchable god of the genre. And I think he brought something to that genre that's never been repeated. Even uh, Jackie Chan's heights, he doesn't bring that same finesse of martial arts, shall we say. He isn't the martial artist, maybe, that Bruce Lee was. But what he is, which Bruce Lee wasn't as much of, he's the showman. You know, watching these, this movie, like he is, he's, he's drunk in boxing. It's funny. It's silly. It's over the top, but it's incredibly effective martial arts. The action scenes in this are probably some of the best we've seen in this watch through. So we're looking at this, what, nine, at this point, 80 years of martial, art, of martial art movies we've watched. This is probably some of the best action scenes we've seen. But they're also engaging and funny in places, but impressive. I'm going to get into spoilers right off the bat here, guys, so be warned. But the end fight, the last 20 minutes is one long fight. And the scene in which he gets knocked onto burning hot coals and just keeps going. Like, they did it for real. They literally knocked him on hot coals. It's it's amazing the levels he goes to. I mean, it's a well-known Jackie Chan sort of trick that he tends to end his movies with little reels of him getting hurt making his movies um, and you do see it you see him getting really hurt doing his stunts but yeah i think i'm with you i think i'll always like i absolutely appreciate bruce lee's movies as this important and impressive movies but if it's picking a film to sit down for an evening to watch i'm probably going jackie Chan because they are it's just it's it's so much fun this movie is it's so much of that kind of manic energy that he has and he brings that kind of same level to his non martial art like he is a bit of a manic a bit of a clown-esque character gurning his way through scenes i'm not saying this is not sort of a, a judgment but he kind of gurns his way through the scenes and he brings that kind of energy to it and it's 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 a great fun film i will say with this film I did find it probably a little dry for the first 20 minutes. Um, I found the opening scenes to be a little bit less, like, a little bit hard to get into. I didn't, I didn't connect with it until he sort of got off the train after having that first fight. I was a bit like I wasn't sure what to get into. And that kind of, as I said before, that kind of distancing you get from the kind of Hong Kong dubbed sound stylings. You do kind of get a bit 
from that as a sort of a, uh, a viewer. So I felt that little, little bit. But once it got into him fighting and got into him getting home and the world he has there, I was completely in. You're right, it doesn't quite get going. Um, but I do feel that some some of the most most effective parts of this film is when, and this is something you don't get on to continue this, this Bruce Lee thing, although and I understand he's amazing, I appreciate he's amazing, but something you don't get with this film is him being beaten. That's what we got a lot of in this film. We got a lot of... Mm. Jackie Chan just failing and this is something that I mean it, it, I, will, I will put it in the show notes it, 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 not only because it's relevant but also because it's probably my favourite YouTube video that I've just watched over and over again and it's it's about Jackie Chan's direction his action comedy and it, it, goes, it goes back to this as you were saying there this sort of willingness to get hurt in his fighting mm. and there's a there's a lot of failing in Jackie Chan's in in this film in particular and he doesn't start winning until the very end of the film and there's something quite refreshing about that it's not I mean it is it is a hero's journey but there's nothing sort of predictable about the arc mm, absolutely yeah I think that is that is the style of fighting, but also you're, you're right. He does, he fights. Like he has early fight with with the thug, which he wins quite considerably, and then gets like so badly beaten, humiliated, both first of all by his father and then by the bad guys. Like he does have, like it isn't like a straight progression of like we've seen previously with that kind of like you start bad. Like last week with um with um the karate kid, where he starts off bad and kind of chunks his way up and steps up until he's at the end yeah. the almost linear style of getting better. This was like he starts okay but loses, then gets good and then terrible. And then even at the end, like he, he fights the um sort of the overseer of the of the mines. And it's like the other the other guy's in nice suits and very poised. It's that lovely moment in which he can have high kicks and keeps his leg in the air and carries on talking. He's very, very posed. Whereas Jackie Chan much more Slap dash, and you always feel like he gets through his fights through the skin of his teeth. And half the time, you've like if you watch, watch it this time, like you can really see how how precise his kicks, his fights are. But you always feel like he's just kind of stumbling from fight to fight to fight to fight to fight. Um, and I think one thing I really did appreciate with this, which I haven't seen as much elsewhere, is the use of the world. Um, now, anyone who's seen a lot of Jackie Fan films, like he's renowned for you know fighting with ladders and chairs and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, Rush Hour, I think, is a lot of people's sort of touchstone when it comes to Jackie Chan movies, particularly the, the, the wider film going public. But in this, he he fights with bamboo sticks, and then someone later on drops a bunch of coal on him, and like the, the, he's fighting with all these different tools. And like when the, the scene in which him and the uh, the government agent destroy, but he destroy a house. Um, and they fight with poles, and they destroy the stairs and out the windows and all that sort of stuff. I thought it was amazing the way that the the sort of the inventiveness of how they fought and, and, and what they used for those fights. Yeah, and that's something you get from the very beginning of this film that I I really enjoyed. I mean the the scene where he and his servant throw poultry into a first class carriage to 
to start. There's something lovely about that. There's something just sort of, I don't know, I, I wouldn't, I'm not trying to put it, I think what's so great about this film is that you don't see the schemes coming. You don't, no, I, I wouldn't have thought to do that. Whereas in, in other films, yeah, maybe I was thinking, okay, you do that, or that's a way of getting around the guard, or, I mean, it, there's something extraordinary. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't at all have thought to approach a situation like that. So, and, and his use of the world is like that. He will, I mean, he will use bamboo sticks or it like you said, sort of, Engaging with the stair, knocking down the stairs in that in that fight with a government agent, that like just other people don't think to you don't think to do, and and that I mean, and that's something you I know he didn't didn't direct this, but that's something you get with his direction as well. You get this like he is prepared to do stuff that other people don't think to do. Absolutely, I think mean, we've talked. Really, not in these. Uh, this movie, talking about how in some movies, like when we talk about translation and things like that, like the place is as much a character as anything else. And it isn't the same here. But unlike other movies we've watched in this in this series, where we've had fights in some really interesting locations, um, as really beautiful locations, whereas this, like the 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 fights become part of that. The locations become part of the fight. Um, and you suddenly, like, whereas before, like, look at things like. Um, judo story that sort of stuff where like it was a beautiful fight's done here like the high ground matters and yes all these sorts of yeah. things and they feel they're not, they're not tactical per se but there's most before you were focusing on the fights now you're focusing on this whole world in which they are you know even that the last fight they're rolling through this place like the fight becomes several fights together um by um Dint of going from place to place to place to place to bad, go to place. Um, and I really, I really appreciate that because, as you say, it keeps it interesting every time, it keeps it fresh every single sort of time. Otherwise, you end up with basically people kind of punching kicking each other for um 20 minutes and it stops being interesting. Like the, the inventiveness keeps the, the level up. And you know, I think in this day and age when particularly we are subjected to a lot of action movies, like the, the default state for a blockbuster film is a action movie. Um, and by dint of it being superheroes, it's generally combat, like hand-to-hand combat. Um, if you think about the, the Marvel movies we've got, generally people are punching each other and kicking each other and using swords and axes, and you know, there are some guns here and there, but it generally isn't how things are done in those. And we both have gone on the record in the past on this show talking about how the last 20 minutes, half an hour of most Marvel films kind of bore us. Mm. Because it just means you know it's it's our hero, or our heroes fighting some big bad physically, violently, um, and it gets boring because you know what they're going to do. Whereas this, even though it is literally a twenty-minute fist fight in many ways, the the inventiveness of the characters and directors and, and um, actors means that you never get bored in it because it's never going to be oh they're in another room. And they're doing another kick. That freshness that you have, the the need for an audience to keep up. Well, the, I, I don't know how, how you describe it, but the 
this this how you feel drawn in by it mm. as an audience is something that's that's really refreshing about this film. And I have to say that I mean, I mean, not necessarily a, a lot of films in this genre, but some of our films. I mean, I nowadays do not get the time to sit down and watch a film. Lots of all of our films I, I will be watching in stages. And some of the films that we've watched over the past four years or so, I have struggled with, and I thought, oh, I've got to, it's a bit of a chore. Mm. I've got to go back and watch the rest of that. This didn't feel like that. This felt I, I, I wanted to go back and watch the rest of the film because this it, it drew me into into the film like that. I, I totally get that. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, I, I think I, I watch more movies than most, but even I have to send it with my daughter and day-to-day life have to watch movies in chunks. Um, and this mm. was one of those ones where, now I watched this in one sitting because I was like, I just stayed at midnight and watched it <laughs> because I was so drawn in. But I do I do get what you mean. Now this this was an exciting start to finish. And I think, I mean, it's worth noting that we aren't, we certainly aren't uh, standing alone on the hill when talking about a movie. Like this film is, it's what, which is one of the 100 best movies of all time. It's um, the BFI, I think it's one of the best at 10 action movies of all time. Like it is, it's a standard, well-known, brilliant action movie. And I think it's, it deserves all the plaudits it gets. Um, I also think, I mean, we talked a lot about the action here, but I still think that the, the non-action scenes are very interesting. And I, I was always amazed by the, the role of his mother in this movie. Um, because she's this weird, anarchic character where she's as willing to throw down with anybody as her son um she mm. is um like she, she she's almost start to fight for him to kind of sell their their fighting school she's in on his his schemes to sort of hide the ginseng she's this weird kind of like i suppose we're so used to the the western idea of of the, uh, the hong kong woman being more kind of demure and quiet um and more kind of you know concubine-esque i suppose is what we've been led to believe and i kept thinking about uh come drink with me sort of the character in that who even though was sort of a very competent fighter was still quite calm and quiet and reserved and here she really Mm. wasn't she was really kind of right in there and getting on with it i i've got a note on that it's a scene sort of about two-thirds of the way through the film, and you have sort of all the members of the family piling on. It turn, turns out to be piling on the government agent when they don't know who it is at the door. But you have sort of Jackie Chan fighting and his stepmom fighting, and he gets his dad out to fight as well. And there's something... We've seen quite a few of these um, martial arts films who involve sort of one protagonist mm-hmm. following his fight and his journey, or in the case of Country, her fight, her journey. In in this, there seemed to be much more sense of just everyone. So there was something really anarchic about the way that everyone was fighting. So she was piling in, and his dad was piling, piling in as well. Is that, is that kind of feeling, once again, that the, 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 the fight doesn't start? Everyone's in on it. Um, that I enjoy as you say I think like this is why I think we're Jackie Chan fans is that that kind of almost Buster Keaton-esque madcap comedy um, that uh, I really got on board with yes yeah so Sam do you have some recommendations for it? do you do anything else you want to point us towards after watching this yes um, and 
both my recommendations this week are, are Jackie Chan films. Um, one, well, I think he's sort of. I mean, there were several films that he made around two thousand. I'm not particularly great, um, and I certainly think his move to English language cinema wasn't exceptional. Um, but I do, I do want to point out um, a film the year after The Legend of Dragon Master. It's it's Rumble in the Bronx, um, and it's another excellent comedy action film like this. Um, I think it's. I thought I'd seen Legend of the Dragon Master, and I don't think I have. I think I've seen Rumble in the Bronx instead, and thought that was it. Um, but yes, it's it's another excellent Jackie Chan film. Um, and one of those later films I do want to talk about because, yes, they weren't great in the early 2000s, but then some of them... It's like you're talking about the way sort of he, he gains through his scenes with sort of almost a, a court jester style to it. And I appreciated that. And it's, it's the film Shanghai Noon from 2000. So those are my two recommendations, two Jackie Chan recommendations, Rumble in the Bronx and Shanghai Noon. Fair enough, fair enough. I've got uh, two and kind of similar. So my first recommendation is a movie we did talk about doing next week and we aren't going to do next week. Um, We got in the direction, but I think it's what I want to push. And it's one that I really enjoy. I come back to it for the same reasons I come back to... uh, Jackie Chan, and that's the 2004 film Kung Fu Hustle, which is another action comedy. This is far more on the action side, on the comedy side than the action side. Um, so there are obviously martial arts fights, but they are played for laughs much more than uh, the Dying Drunken Master. But it's in that same ballpark, and there's, once again, you can sort, you can draw a straight line straight from this kind of drunken master tomfoolery that Jackie Chan was doing through to this much more comedic movie um, from the 2000s. My other one is um, I want to take it's the actor uh, Tai Lung who played um, Jackie Chan's father in this. Um, he popped up in a movie. Um, we didn't pop up. He, co-starred in my movies um, from 1986 called A Better Tomorrow, which is one of the key texts of Hong Kong action cinema. So this isn't overly martial arts. This is tends to be much more kind of um, gunfights kind of uh, gangster style movies. So rather than martial arts, this is straight action movies. Um, it's often known as the heroic bloodshed genre, the kind of the idea of these, these incredibly violent movies um and he was one of the lead stars of it it was remade i think last year um and there are a bunch of um sequels and there was a i think a south korean remake at some point um but the original 1996 um he stars as one of one of the the hit main heroes in that um and it's just a brilliant movie if you're into that kind of sort of hong kong action you want to see more action shall we say um and certainly a little more violence um whereas this is kind of um as sam was saying at the start with killing eve like there are the action and obviously in, in um again 
obviously in Drunken Master there's a lot of action, but the violence is more comedic. It's more kind of slapsticky. This is not slapsticky. This is this is a, a violent movie. Um, but it's one worth checking out if you want to look into that genre a bit more. It's a it's a, it's a key text for that. Interrated by John Woo. I'm just looking. Yes, yes. Sorry, I, I should have that. Yeah, John Woo, brilliant. You know, but back when he was making uh, uh, Hong Kong movies rather than uh, uh, Hollywood movies. So, guys, that's it for our our look at Drunken Master Two or Legend of the Drunken Master, um, and thus we leave the 20th century behind. We leave the 90s and we move into. I don't want to say the noughties because it's a terrible name, um, but I'll put the 2000s. Let's call it. Um, and we are actually, I think, looking ahead for our next few weeks. We're leaving Hong Kong behind. I don't think we'll be back during this season um, because we next week's movie or next time movie, um, it, we're moving to France of all places. Um, and we are looking at the 2004 film District 13 or and it's Banlieue 13 or B13. Um, and we are moving to look at parkour as a some sort of martial art, um, which I think will be an interesting discussion as to whether we class it as a martial arts movie um, for its uh, slightly, I don't know, on the fringes of martial arts, shall we say. Till then, guys, I think you can find us both on Twitter at Pretty Podcast. You can find just me at life underscore academic. And you can find just me at Rob Kaiju. And last time I said I was having a break, I'm now back. So you can find me there. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. Thank you.